Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've bitten a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Friday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Dennis Dick. Today's guest is Joel Elkanian. Yes, he is back from the great uh, white North in Northern Michigan. So welcome back, Joel. He will be our guest today uh, for the entirety of the show. Uh, as far as what's on our radar, a lot. Uh, Netflix, obviously, Netflix is down. You have the queues are up. Go figure. Uh, BlackRock reported record inflows into their bond ETFs. I wonder why. We've got some more vaccine news this morning. We've got uh, a partnership we want to talk about that was announced yesterday in the airlines. We'll take questions from our chat. Um, the, the, the U.S. pushed back their ban on uh, cruise ship sales and U.S. waters. So a lot to get to on the show today. Uh, I'll bring Joel on. Joel, I guess, first off, how was your vacation in northern Michigan? Well, first of all, like I'm blushing here uh, with all the uh, hellos and welcome oh, back. Oh, and oh I should mention, on, on the first day you were gone, what was it, Monday? Someone in the chat goes, this show sucks without Joel. Yeah, I'm. I'm really. I'm really proud Was of you. Was that you? I'm really proud of Lisa. And uh, I, you know, no, no, uh, no. You, I'm sure you guys did a great job. I'm glad to be back. Let me run down the markets as usual, and then uh, we'll. I got. I only got one story. Uh, one vacation story for you. Uh, S and P's are in the green here by 15 and a quarter handles. Did my levels really tight ranges over the last couple of days? You got a rock solid bottom here, believe it or not, at 31.88 and a 50. Absolute no downside until we take that out. On the upside, you got a couple pesky highs, and I'll use Wednesday's high at 32.33 and a quarter. That's your breakout. That's your, hey, we're going to uh, 3,300 level. Crude's still hanging out. Uh, crude is down 46 cents here at 40.49, and crude still hanging around the $40 level for the longest time. Uh, gold up seven bucks at 1807.20, still hanging out at 1800. Cannot make that that clear breakout. Uh, Silver is in the red by nearly three cents here, hanging out just above $19 at 19.54 and a half. And uh, man, you guys just can't move Bitcoin here. Bitcoin still in that trading range between 9,000 and 9,500. Triple D, uh, I gave you a little bit of hint of my uh, of my boat story, but do you want to hear the whole thing? Yeah, I want to hear all the stories. You take no, a week no, off, we got to get at least one story from you because I was struggling. I'll tell you when you're away. 
They keep throwing the technicals to me, and I don't do the technicals nearly as well as Mr. Elkana. We know I trade on logic. I can kind of do the technicals a bit, but I struggled, so I missed you. So, anyways, give wow. me a good boat. Give me a good story, at least, for all my technical trouble that I had. Okay, so uh, we read it upon Toonboat. Uh, my family Uh-oh. and my nephew, who I'm I got scared. to play a lot of golf with. And it was, I don't know, maybe, what are pontoon boats? Like 35 feet, something like that, right? It's a big boat. Yeah, it's a big boat. I have zero boat experience. <laughs> and are you like John Candy in Summer Rental? I, remember, I, I, do you remember that movie? No, I John do not. John Candy, Summer Rental, and they got him out there sailing, and he's in this little sailboat, and he's at the big boat. He's like, well, the little boat always has the right away. The little boat always has the right away. And he just rams the big boat. Obviously, it's the big boat that has the right away. <laughs> Were you like uh, John Candy out there? Were you hitting other boats? Uh, you're, you're getting warm. Oh, no. Oh, no. This is going to be a good story. Okay. Go. Just quick preface. Uh, on this boat ride, you go from Crooked Lake to Crooked River, okay? And there's a reason they call it Crooked River is because it's really crooked, okay? You got to do a lot of turns. You have to go through a locks. You have to have a bridge swing out towards you, uh, a lot of things. But I got through all that, and then there was one point where I just had to make a, like a, ni- like a left turn, like a straight left turn. Right. And in front of me is maybe this uh, docked on Crooked Rivers, maybe this 50 foot cruiser. And I'm like, well, you know, that's a oh, good no. idea for me to stay away from that. Right. So this is John Candy. And so around. I'm leaning I'm, I'm leaning left a little bit. Right. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm like it going slow. I am you know, barely over neutral and coming from the other way is a lady in a boat and she is not looking at all and my first instinct i didn't know where the horn was i whistled all right and she gets all startled and she she steers in away from the boat the big boat so that sends me out towards the big boat so i'm going towards this huge cruiser and then i cleared her boat and i start cutting it you know i don't want to hit the boat so i start (laughs) cutting it left i'm cutting it left i'm cutting it left and then I'm like, and then I'm looking at the dock. I'm looking at the side and I'm like, I'm going to hit this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hit this for sure. And uh, the guy that owned the boat uh, just happened to be out in, on his dock. And he's like, reverse, reverse. <laughs> <laughs> this Throw is not so f- reverse quick. This was this is not so funny, Dennis. It's scary uh, at the time, but it's really so funny I, now. I jammed it into reverse, right? And I'm going backwards, and I'm like for maybe for two seconds. And he goes, forward, forward. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. So I jam it in forward, right? And the next thing is I hear, good thing you only missed my boat by a foot. Oh yeah. Well, you, so you didn't hit the boat. I so did not hit the boat. Go. I did not hit the dock. And I was a little bit shaken up after that. <laughs> You're like, Lisa, you got to drive the boat for a little while here. Yeah. I'm a little bit shaken up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but that's it. I'm done.
I'm done with boats. You're done with your boating after I'm, this? I'm done. Yeah, I got through the lock. I'm not renting boats anymore. And in fact, two of the and three. You had guts to go through the locks. That's something to go through. I don't know if any of the, for the boaters out there, like we've got locks by my place and I go through them, but I've been doing it for a lot of years now to just go through, run a boat and go through the locks. It's an yes. intimidating thing to do. It's tight in there. I and the know. other boaters are looking at you with hate when you're coming in there with a little bit too much speed. <laughs> oh, you got it. No, it was uh, no. But uh, overall, it just turned out to be I mean, it was fun. We went swimming. I did a little tubing and I'm back. I'm back alive. So no more. No more boating for me. But uh, <laughs> we we got a lot. We go from Crooked Lake to the Crooked Markets. What's going on? No, you go Crooked, Crooked Lake, Crooked River to Burt Lake, which is like an ocean. Burt. And then you go Burt Lake. No, not spelled like our Burt. And then oh. you have to come all the way back. But enough of the boating stories. Uh, let's get let's get to some some earnings here, right? That we're in earnings season, right? We what had a we big one last night, and this has repercussions across the whole entire market. Let's go, Spencer Israel. This is your cue. All right, let's go with the Netflix here. Uh, EPS a buck fifty nine versus a buck eighty one estimate, so they missed that number. Sales six point one four versus six point oh eight billion dollars, so they beat that number. So mixed on the headline numbers. As far as net subscriber additions, uh, expectations were high, but they beat them ten a little over ten million new subscribers added. Uh, last quarter versus the 8 million analyst expectation and the 7 million guidance that they had previously given. But speaking of guidance, that's where the problems lie. Uh, their guidance for the EPS and revenue for the, the current quarter was, uh, was mixed. But more importantly, they said we only expect to add 2.5 million net subscribers this quarter. The analysts were thinking they would add more than $5 million, so they came in more than halfway lower than what the analysts were thinking as far as uh, net subscriber ads for this current quarter we're in right now. So the quarter wasn't as good as we thought it might be. Um, I tried to play this, and I got you know I went from trying to be a hero on it to a zero. <laughs> I got whipped around on this pretty good loss of money, so um moral of the story is i always say you know try not to you know just take gambles and trade these leaders i like to trade the laggards and for some reason i thought i had one of my best days of the year yeah uh, the day before so i was like ah, i could trade netflix too on these numbers and uh no <laughs> i got i got hit pretty good so you know obviously i'm probably the only trader on twitter that lost money trading netflix but i did last night try to trade and i lost i'm already out of the trade so i can freely talk about it but i got smacked around pretty good on it down 42 points here this had repercussions for the entire tech sector as of last night um every tech stock was getting slammed on it but for whatever reason this morning they had to buy the dip shoes come in and they decided no nah, we don't care about netflix earnings we're just going to buy all the tech stocks anyway. So Apple has reversed and went positive significantly. Microsoft, which was down significantly last night, has turned around and went positive. Amazon, which was down as much as 40 points last night, is now almost scratched. So you've seen a big turnaround in a lot of the big tech names that were getting hit in sympathy with Netflix. Let's go to the to our technical analyst who is back on the desk here, though, and to get you some levels for NFLX. Uh, you had the real quick drop here, and that's what uh, the the uh, uh, Netflix bears have been waiting for forever. Uh, you finally got a dip straight down. That was me puking out my long that big dip. What'd you say? That was me puking out my long that big dip. <laughs> so four forty nine sixty five. Uh, 
Lows in, folks. I'm feeling pretty strongly about that today. Uh, you put in a double bottom on the 15 minute, and then you rallied up to 500 off that. So 50 point rally. So I'll call it like 475 and change. Your pointed control looks like you're right as of right now. You're finding you know pretty good support just above 480. Uh, man, we haven't been in the 400 handle in a long time. So let's look at uh, fourth. You just got to call this whole 450 area. You might not get it to play today, but uh, holding above 450, that's a pre-market low. That's a couple daily lows that you had uh, back in uh, early July. So I can show you here on the daily charts. There it is, that 450 area. It's important. Uh, and 500 on the upside. So kind of no man's land. I'm sorry, Dennis, you tried to, I guess you tried to buy the dip just a little bit too early. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, oh, those numbers are pretty good. Uh, no, not so much. <laughs> so did you try and, did you try and catch it? Don't even talk. I actually got, I, I'm lucky I was trading with a really small size. I'll just say that much because I hadn't, <laughs> I, I, I got hit pretty hard on it. I didn't want to talk about it. It was an ugly trade for me, but to, uh, Luckily, I traded it. If you're going to trade an earnings play, you trade it with really small size. And I took a tenth of my normal size position, and I still got smacked around on it. So um, definitely, uh, if you're going to play and you want to gamble, gamble with a, just a little bit of money. So I, I got done after the trade was about three minutes long and out of it. And I was like, I said to myself, I deserve to lose that money. <laughs> I said that to myself. Sometimes it's like, oh, this market got me. Now I got me. I deserve to lose that money. So why did they? And, why did they hit uh, on Tuesday? They hit this. This was just because of uh, just for the fact rotation hit- station. They were hitting everything on Tuesday when you were gone. All the Momo names came off. Shopify, Tesla had the big reversal, and then it had follow through on Tuesday as well. So, so yeah. So it was just basically a sell. All the Momo, all the higher growth tech names that everybody's been hiding out in. How does this, uh, like, what does this do for your uh, stay-at-home, uh, you know, reopen plays? I mean, yeah. uh, I'm sure you talked a lot about that this week. I mean, we've gotten a lot of good vaccine news. Uh, the vaccine I'm- news continues to drive the reopening stocks here. And you know what? The, the stay-at-home trade, I think, and I was saying it when you were away, I think a lot of those stocks topped out. I think, you know, Tesla's in a stay-at-home trade, but it's been moving along and it does its own thing. But I feel like there is a lot of money hiding in high-growth tech, and that trade has cooled off now. It's cooled off for the last couple of days. Is it going to get hot again? Maybe, but um, if we go and, you know, we continue to not care about the virus, which is apparent, you know, with the cases going up in Texas, California, rumors yesterday that they're going to start closing up Texas. I mean, that's all terrible news from a fundamental basis. BlackRock CEO on CNBC this morning, and they asked him to compare this crisis with the financial crisis, and he thought that this crisis was worse. Market doesn't care. Doesn't care what professional, doesn't care what the CEO of BlackRock thinks. It just wants to buy. This market just wants to go higher. And if it can't go down on all the bad headlines that we've had, it's hard to just say, oh, I'm going to short, and it's eventually going to all come to roost. I thought it's going to come to roost a long time ago. and never did. So I've I'm fully off the bear train. I'm kind of just full market neutral now. I don't know where we're going to go tomorrow. I don't know where we're going to go a week from now. I don't know where we're going to go six months from now. But I'm going to still buy the dip and sell the rip and play the chop because that's what continues to work. 
All right, what else do we have for earnings, Mr. Israel? Well, speaking of BlackRock, uh, it's notable for what they said. So they had earnings uh, out this morning. They beat on their EPS. They beat on their sales. Uh, but Larry Fink uh, in the statement said that, <laughs> surprise, surprise, they had uh, record inflows into their fixed income products. I wonder <laughs> I wonder who was buying bond ETFs last quarter. I can't hmm. think of anybody who was doing that. Hmm. Hmm. Does it start? Does it rhyme with dead? It might. <laughs> does it start with an F? So anyway, <laughs> do they, wait. What I want to know. What I want to know is: uh, is it? Do they trade commission free? <laughs> does the uh, Fed? I trade I I actually heard. Uh, I heard uh, they got a Robinhood account. In a podcast that I listened to that they had paid, I think, around three hundred grand in commissions. I don't know how recent that data is from. But that's what I have. So we heard. think the Fed does not trade commission free. I don't believe so. so. The taxpayer, the Fed using the taxpayer dollars doesn't trade commission free. This is okay. I think we need to start up for official protest. We want the Fed to open up a Webull account, a Robinhood account. There's so many free apps out there. Oh, Fed, if you're going to trade, you might as well trade commission free because the taxpayers don't like a $300,000 commission mill. Thank you just, very much. It just adds to the deficit. And I wondered, like, if they get, give them a bad fill, like, who gets on the phone and, and bitches about it? Is it, like, Mnuchin or is it Trump? Does Trump get in? It's nobody because it's not their money. It's the taxpayer dollars. Oh, they and the taxpayer doesn't really know what they're buying. So we nobody have... complains. They love – the brokerages love the Fed as a customer. <laughs> <laughs> Does, obviously, uh... we're, we're, obviously, we don't think they have a Robin Hood account, but it's kind of funny. <laughs> Does anybody trade BlackRock here? Because I don't even know if do I. It is a even, hard stock to trade. I, I to try do... to trade this. It is thin. It is you know it's hard. Like you get a hundred shares and you got to give up two hundred bucks on the spread. It's a tough stock to trade any day. And on an earnings day, it's even tougher. So you can give some levels here. It's been an unbelievable nah, stock I'm... for a long time. It's right nearly all time highs. Yeah. You know what? If if no one's uh, if no one's getting down and dirty in it, then I'll just. I mean, you see the major resistance up there. At the, you know, we didn't quite make the all time high uh, back to February, but pretty close. So if no one's trading it, as you would say, Dennis. Next, let's move away from the earnings because they're all boring from here. Yep. I want to go over to what is hot. Space S P C E. Yeah, I, I I regret this. I it, this was in the chat yesterday. We I wanted to bring it up, but we ran out of time. Uh, I wish we had talked about it yesterday because it was hot. They didn't. We've announce- talked about it for a long time, and everybody knows I'm still long, so I'm yeah. pretty happy about. So that. they announced yesterday morning, uh, or I, I'm sorry, Wednesday afternoon, they announced a new CEO, and that was that helped the stock get started yesterday. But then there was an, some, another catalyst, Dennis, that is the reason for this move this morning. So wait, they got a new CEO. So isn't Branson the CEO or he just uh, runs, no, he just he, owns the company. He, he's the founder. He's the, he's on the He board. just runs everything. So he's above the CEO. Yes. So uh, they hired uh, Michael uh, Coglazier, if I got that right. He was from Disney. They posted him from Disney. Coglazier. S&Ps are ripping here, folks. Uh, we are now up uh, over 20 handles. <clears throat> Not much up until you get to closer to 32.30. Wednesday, Tuesday's high up there, 33 and a quarter. Wet Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. That's over. We're going, folks. 32.30 is what the market has on its mind right now. One sorry, thing to remember, and which is sliding under the radar, and we're going to come back to space options. in a second, don't worry, is it is, it is options expiration Friday. 
and the imbalances are wicked to the buy side right now. Wicked, like big buy imbalances here across the board. So I think that's a little bit to do with it. Again, it is options expiration Friday. So the buy imbalances you see now may not be there an hour from now. But as of right now, if we were to open up, we would open up significantly higher. So we're going to keep in tracking the buy imbalances. But I'm seeing big ones across the board. Some examples like Bank America, 264000 to buy. AT&T, 344000 to buy. Verizon, 191000 to buy. Um, it, it's Johnson Johnson. There's just it, they're all over the place. They're, there's they're all big buy imbalances. Every Exxon Mobil, 172,000 to buy. So they're big. But again, there's going to be big players coming in, and there might might be one player that comes in and says, "You got them. You know, I'll sell 300,000 into this," and then the stock could open up the other way. So that's the consideration here is that you know there is option expiration. That's going to make this open wild. So if you're looking at the market saying, what the hell is it doing up when Netflix is down 40 points? Option expirations does some funny things. Let's go back to space. Okay. Well, I love just space. real quick. We got, I'm all we, about we got, space. Okay. We got to, before we do that, I mean, you just took me on like 37 tangents here. I so like doing I'm, that. I'm glad to be back. I'm following your train of thought here. Uh, but oh, That's good. You never so, used to do that. Uh, a young man here in the chat, I don't want to pronounce the name, uh, Goncola, is where can we see data on options expirations? And I'm not sure what you mean by data, uh, but in this, op- I mean, there's a couple standard things you can count on. The first thing is the third Friday of every month is an options expiration for stocks and stock index futures and whatever you're trading out there. So that's one thing that you got to be aware of. There's also weekly options uh, that expire every Friday. And those are playing with gunpowder. They have a lot of premium. Premium erodes very, very quickly. And now the spider, I look, they have Monday options. They have Wednesday options. So you know, go to uh, the SIBO or go to, uh, what's it, uh, the Options in, uh, OIC, Options Industry Council. And when are it- hourly options coming out? That's what I want to know. <laughs> we'll have the 3 o'clock expiration, the 3.30 expiration. Okay, see, exchanges, listen, I got a good idea for you. Please I want an hour option. I just Please. want to buy for the next hour. So it's 10.30. I, I think this is going up by 11.30. I think I- – <laughs> They used to have those on some of the binary platforms. Did they? Yeah, they did. They did. Uh, I can't remember which ones, but I'm not sure if they're around anymore. Uh, space. Are we ever getting back to space? Uh, yes. 23, <laughs> 23. I need levels, Joel. I need your levels on space. No doubt. What do You're I holding do? This one. What do I do? You're not going to get out and sell it and say, oh, you shouldn't have sold it. Oh, I can't believe I sold it. I'm never going to get I know. it back. I have FIFO. Yeah, I can't believe Shopify. You're going to Shopify this stock is what you're going to do. You're going to Shopify it. You're going you're gonna to sell it. And, so let me know when you sell I, it. I probably am going to Shopify it. I'll, I'll, I'm the one that will call it. I've, I've been saying space, I think, could go to 50 bucks. I don't know if I've said on the show, but I'm saying it. I think it could go to 50 bucks because I think it's a storied stock. Um, I'm probably going to sell like 25 and then it'll be 50 <laughs> six months from now. I'll be like, why did I sell 25? Because right. I'm a did scalper you, and I can't help myself. Did you say what Mr. Grasso said? That we said the reason yeah, why? Yeah, so anyway, so last night, so if you want to know the catalyst, why the hell is space up another 10%, can thanks Steve Grasso on CNBC's Fast Money. That is your catalyst. Uh, last night, it was his final trade. And I'll tell you, Steve Grasso moves stocks. And he says something, it moves. And it even moves before he starts saying it. So because it was moving last night up, and then it popped out of his mouth, and then it really ran. So Algo's got a pretty good, or whoever's got that, uh, Intel's 
doing pretty well. Anyways, SPCE up $2.22. He said last night, he says, this has went up 80% since I started talking about it. I think it's going up another 80%. And when he said that, it instantaneously blasted off 50 cents, like instantaneously. So there's definitely a Steve Grasso. Steve Grasso, if you're listening, congratulations. You have an HFT algorithm that is actually listening to your speech because that that went in milliseconds. Because I went back and looked at the tape and looked at when you said it, and it was unbelievable how quick that went. Milliseconds after it was out of your mouth, it was up 2%. And, and it swept, and they bought a lot of stock. So there's a Steve Grasso algorithm out there that just listens to what Steve Grasso says on CNBC's Fast Money and buys or sells when he says, what especially is swept, his last trade, the final trade. You know, that's what they're they're looking at. <clears throat> what what is swept mean? What is swept? It, it means it takes out multiple levels in a stock. So when I say swept, and I probably should, you know, for near, for most traders out there, maybe not realize that. So if I say it swept, you know, the book, it means it took out like. 23 or it took it this was one of the stocks with 21 it took like 21 21 20 21 30 21 40 21 50 21 60 instantaneously just bought every stock in there and then you know obviously and, and it's making a lot of money because the things are 23 15 here this morning so i don't know if there's any other news here this morning it was trading up around 22 last night after the dust settled now it's up another buck 23 so maybe it's just continued momentum but when you talk these retail love names and all of a sudden, um, you know, like, and you've got, you know, the fast money influence that it does, it can really push price. And this is up because Steve Grasso liked it last night. All right. I was uh, looking at the technicals there. You do have a high at 23.24. That kind of that coincides with where we're trading uh, in the pre-market. So let's keep an eye on that. On, on March 6th, you hit 23.28. Uh, and within a couple days, within 10, 12 trading sessions, you were under 10 bucks. So, uh, you know, just be aware of that the next daily high comes in at 2434. Uh, I'm just not feeling it in my old lazy vacation bones uh, that we're going to get up another stick there. Uh, but if you do see 2434, just be aware that, you know, that was right when we were starting getting uh, you know, the COVID is starting to get hit. So a lot of people are getting their money back um, at that level. Um, the last thing, Dennis, I just want to ask you, I know that you put this in your long-term portfolio. Yeah. So you did a bit, a little better job. When you originally said that um, you were going to, you were using like 14 and a half, 15. Right in um, there. To it was shaking you. It was shaking. It shook you a couple times. It did. I almost sold it a couple times. I was like, why because- didn't you? Well, I never really totally breached that level. Like it kind of, you know, hung out. But if you look, you can see that hung the support. It never really went under 14. It would have started going 13 in the 13 handle. I would have got really nervous with that position. So I got in from around 16. I said, I'm going to get myself in that 14 support area. And that 14 support area just held. So here's an example of, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm limiting my risk on this long-term investment because I, I don't want the story to start to break down. And I've just said on space, I think the story can get hot. You know, if you analyze from a, you can't analyze this from a fundamental base. I mean, you can, you can say, oh, you know, there's going to be people that want to do this and travel to space. Um, But you can't analyze it from a CFA perspective where I'm going to look at the balance sheet. I'm going to look at the revenue. There is no revenue. So it's all just concept right now. Uh, But there's a lot of smart people working over at this company. I think the story is excellent. And we know it has the Musk factor too. And what I mean by that is whenever SpaceX does something successfully, 
SPCE seems to get some love, even though it has nothing to do with SpaceX. It's like, this is like a pure play. And if SpaceX is getting headlines, people are like, oh, I like the concepts of trading on space. And here's a pure space play with a fantastic ticker symbol. Sometimes it's just simple thinking like that. And I think this story has the potential to get hot. I've been talking about it for a long time. I bought this two months ago. The story has stayed cold for two months. Finally, it's starting to get hot. So I've been waiting this out for two months for the story to eventually get hot. I think it does. It's the same thing why I have LCA. I think eventually LCA story gets hot too. I've been hanging on to this only for about a week and a half, uh, but it's going to be golden nugget gaming. I like the online gaming. And I think, you know, there's sports betting possibilities in there as well. So I think it's like a DraftKings. So I think that story gets hot again. And when you're investing for growth, you want a story. You you need a story for more than anything because the Shopify's don't go from 300 to 1,000, you know, really just on numbers. They go on a story that people are carrying it. They believe everybody's going online. This is the business that's going to help people get online that aren't online. Um, it's, you know, the same thing with space. I mean, it's a story and sometimes stories carry stocks a long ways. Number one thing, if you've got a good story and a hot story, valuation doesn't matter until it does eventually. But that's when the story cools. But the story's hot, valuation don't matter. Uh, Dennis, I feel like you deserve like some kind of reward for 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 patience for your patience on this one too much on this one yeah sh- i should get a re- because like, like i always get out too soon i always get away the hell too soon so anyways in this case i've actually held on so which is somewhat good news um but yeah i always you know i, I i'm great at the entries i've talked about this before i'm good on the entries i've never been great on the exits and i always get out too soon so trying to hold on, it's hard for me as a scalper. You know, I'm going for nickels and dimes half the time. I'm up like, I don't know, seven bucks in this thing on a 16. So I'm up like four, almost 50%. It's like, that's a pretty good gain. Yeah. I'd like to book that gain. But I'm telling myself, just relax. Let it simmer. My, my buddy Chris, if you're listening, and sometimes Chris listens to the show, he taught me a lot of things. Like, and, you know, I taught him to trade, but he taught me a lot of things too. Um, and he taught me, and not maybe didn't teach me well enough because I'm still not patient, but you should have saw me before, Chris. Uh, but he said, Denny, you got to let it simmer a little bit. Just let it go. Let just it let breathe. it simmer. Don't look <laughs> at it. it just let it simmer. And he's fantastic. He, he was in Tesla. He's like Jason Rastick. He bought Tesla back when it was $30, and he was lowered up on options. He's like, this Tesla story is going to be the stock. We should bring Chris on sometimes because he finds the hot stuff too, and he's done really well for himself. Uh, but you know, he was telling me about Tesla when it was right around with Jason Rasnick, you know, it's $30, $40. And he's like, you gotta let it simmer, let it go. He's a little bit too scalp for blood too, because he got out of most of his around a hundred. And obviously it's fifteen hundred now, but I mean it was still pretty good. You make two, you know, two hundred percent of your money. Plus he had a lot of options. He was loaded right up in that. He said Tesla made his year that year. So, you know, you know he really it, uh, believed in the story. It kind of reminds me of uh, when we were in the bright office and, you know, a lot of us would be trading the same stock and it was long, you know, we were all long and it was going up and someone would say, you know, well, man, this thing is just not really going. And I could pull up the guy's account and I'd be like, well, get off the offer, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and that's, and that's just a joke, obviously saying, but you know, like we all pass ideas back and forth. I mean, that's the nice thing about trading offices. You can throw ideas like this around. It's a nice thing about having, this is like a trading office. We've got, you know, people in our chat giving us ideas. You know, what do you think of this? I look at, I was like, I like that chart. And the story could get hot, you know, and that's what it's all about is, you know, community sharing ideas and trying to make money together as a, as a team. 
And I feel like, you know, a pre-market prep, you know, in the chat, we're kind of like a team here. And I get lots of good trades, like Mitch giving us, you know, the workhorse a while ago. We get lots of good trades from our, our traders in our chat. Fantastic ideas because it's so many sets of eyes looking at everything else, too. So we appreciate the team. Um, that's something I wanted to add. And I forgot what it was. Oh, yeah. You, you, your friend, Chris, you say we should bring him on. He's your friend. Ask him to come on. <laughs> We've had Chris on the show. We're talking Chris Banyes, who we're talking about, not Chris Camilo. Just so. ask him if he wants to and come he's, on. So he isn't in the public. You know, he's doing his own thing, but he finds we'll – We'll get him. We'll get he him. He knows he's following the tech stories, too. He's like a little Sean Udall, too, there, you know, where he's following the tech stories and he's following the different, you know, and he's finding the next hot story. I think he's um, a little bit more modest than Sean. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Chris doesn't talk. He doesn't, he's not in. He's not in social media. You'd be like, I've never heard of this guy. You never will, because he's quiet. He quietly makes a lot of money. <laughs> Wait. Okay, Spencer, move us along, Spencer. Okay. So, uh, this is the third day this week. We've got some vaccine news today. The ticker is APDN Applied DNA Sciences. Uh, they were doing a trial with mice and their vaccine candidate showed evidence of the production of antibodies. So APDN fly every day, we every get day. vaccine news and the market maybe doesn't, maybe ignores it from this little company there, but this is what the driver for the overall market is vaccine news. If there's no such thing as vaccines, this market would be in the gutter. So this market is being driven on vaccine news. And again, we get another headline this morning. Market's trading higher. I'm not going to say the market's trading higher because of that. The market could be trading higher for a number of reasons, but it doesn't hurt when you start getting positive vaccine you know, news coming out. And obviously, this is a small company that wasn't on anybody's radar as of yesterday because it was, hadn't even really moved. So Nothing. I didn't even know they were working on a vaccine, this one. Uh, did you know about this one, Spencer? APDN? I didn't know uh, before this morning. Not on my list. Wasn't on my list either. It will be now. APDN going on the vaccine list right now. Joel, uh, thoughts? This, I don't know how to trade these things. I mean, this is just a perennial reverse split dog. The stock was uh, over seven hundred dollars in two thousand thirteen. Those. Oh, and now and then you uh. just withered away under four dollars. Uh, some people are taking this opportunity to uh, to uh, to take profits and take profits in a big way. Uh because you hit, you got over sixteen dollars. Where the heck did you get? You got to seventeen sixty four. People get Where excited, Joel. Lunch bet. What do you got? Dinner bet, steak bet. What? We don't see seventeen sixty four. I don't think so. Either. I do think I'm on, I'm on your that. side. I, I agree. Okay. I concur. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then they were, we're already three four bucks off that. So I think you're going to have to pick an intermediate point in between then. They must have had some vaccine news. And let me guess the day. On uh, May 14th of 2020, they had vaccine news. And they jumped from 889 to 1639. They closed at 1521. Is that correct, Spencer? Vaccine news on how, May. How did you know they were granted the emergency use authorization by the FDA? How did you know? Okay, so I a lot of people that bought that day and they see sixteen thirty nine sixteen handled again. I think they'll be willingly taking it. It actually closed at fifteen twenty one that day. Uh, the next day it closed at eleven eleven. So my number of the day would be. I'm not even going to go over the pre market high. I'm not even going to go to sixteen thirty nine. I'm going to use fifteen twenty one there. That's uh, <clears throat> a lot of people will be scratch at that. 
So that's what I'm looking for. 1521, where to buy this thing on a pullback? I have absolutely no idea. Hey, here's an item that uh, actually somehow Joel saw it and Dennis and I didn't this morning. Well, it was actually from yesterday, but uh, a partnership between American Airlines and JetBlue as it pertains to their Northeast routes. And, you know, we've been talking about the airlines and the probable probable consolidation we'll see yeah. in the space this isn't this is nothing huge it's not it's not a merger or anything but it is just a partnership between two major airlines can i scold you guys a little bit like how sure. did you miss that was uh, it out there on the show I mean, what time it, was it out yesterday i see well, the, the pr came out at 8 30 yesterday morning That's because we're doing a live yeah, show cool. and we're not just reading prs <laughs> also, it didn't news desk let us know that next time don't really know if it <laughs> you gotta yell at us they, they publish it to the world but they don't tell the pre-market prep show. yeah i don't really know if it was well i also like i'm not <clears throat> i'm not with uh, the news desk is all at home right i don't think it's real market moving yeah so, i agree I, I i think it's important <laughs> though that these companies are trying to figure it out so we know that they got obviously capacity issues. They've got just not enough demand. So they're maybe looking at, you know, partnerships here to cut costs. I mean, or whatever they can do. So, I mean, this is what these airlines are going to have to do. They're going to have to get smart in order to find a way to bridge themselves until we get a vaccine. And some of them are going to figure it out and some of them maybe not. But, you know, it's not bad news that they're trying to figure this out and partner together to try to reduce expenses and share expenses on certain flight uh, routes. So uh, I'm all for you know, it. It's yeah. Good news. The only reason I mention it is because, <clears throat> you know, maybe we haven't been super right. Well, you were super right on the top um, in the airlines, uh, but we really, um, you know, we talked about consolidation, you know, how anything, you know, I don't know if there were going to be mergers or there are going to be, you know, takeovers or there is going to be bankruptcies, but we knew the airline industry is going to consolidate. And that does not have great implications for Boeing, right? Because if you're going to be less planes out there, so yeah. I, that's the only reason I'm looking at it. But I tell you, this Boeing chart looks kind of interesting. Let me uh, let me pull it up here. You had that big rump, the 230 and change. Uh, you got a bunch of lows in the same area. I mean, even though I'm not thrilled about this fundamental news there, is this uh, is this Boeing a little bit of a sleepy giant here? I, I think you're... all of the the reopening plays are starting to show stabilization, and that's a good thing. I mean, I actually wrote a bunch of them down here that you know just from last night. Like I was looking at some of the restaurants, looking at Nordstrom, for instance. Look at the space that Nordstrom has formed. I mean, you have defined risk now. So if you want to take oh. a flyer on JWN. There and you go. say, I think, you know, this, you know, reopening trade could get hot, especially if we keep getting more vaccine news. Um, I'm not going to argue with you on this. 1450 is well-defined support, 14 to $15. Yeah, look at that. So you're giving yourself, it's a little bit of room. I mean, it's, it's $16, right? So you're risking yourself almost 10%, but it's a buck 50. But there's significant upside here, too. You got huge support, and you almost look like you're wanting to go. And there's a lot of reopening stocks charts that look the same like this so i'm kind of for a little bit of the reopening trade here right now but these are trades and i'll put them in a long-term account um but the setup here looks like hey you know we're not i don't see the the immediate catalyst unless the deaths just start to climb and that would be what could bring the market down if all of a sudden you know we start to see the deaths actually start to climb we hope we're not gonna but it hasn't happened yet so i'm hopeful 
that maybe, you know, even despite getting a lot more cases that we're getting it more under control, at least from a managing the health of, you know, the, the people who get this at a, at a hospitalization level, um, they're managing it better. So I don't, I'm, I'm kind of for it. I'm kind of for the reopening trade right now. Okay, just real quick, people that are joined us later asking about Netflix here. and I, Yeah, I we just, covered it. Yeah, we did, but I just, I just, back in. like, I sure. think the move is over. You know, I mean, it's going to move. It's going to chop around today. Um, I think if you're hoping to buy 470, you should have been out there in the, uh, in the after hours. I think if you want to sell 500, I mean, just think about all those options expiring between, you know, 450 and 500. I mean, there's going to be some jockeying. There's going to be some pulling around. I, I don't think you're going to, I bet you you could trade the whole day between like 465 and 495. The news is out. It's already been digested. They hit it. They brought it back and then they took it down and now they're bringing it back. So I don't know for y'all thinking, oh, we're going to see 500, 510, 515 today. I don't think that's in the cards. House of cards. It if could take, be. Could by the dip, be, it's yeah. volatile enough. It could do anything. But yeah, it's thickened up down here. Is it coming back to scratch today? I don't think so. So again, remember, Netflix moves opposite to the reopening place too. So if we start to see a reopening rally, you're going to start to see the money continue to flow out of tech. So if you're starting to like the reopening trade here, then you don't. play, believe it or not, is short QQQ, long IWM. And that has not been the trade for a long time, but it, it could be the trade. Um, I'm, I'm still, you know, positioned where I own a lot of tech stocks in my long-term account. I still believe in the tech story. But as a trader here, I'm looking, I'm seeing some setups in some of these reopening stocks. I'm seeing a lot of overextended charts still and broken charts on Shopify. That's starting to look broken to me. Does it not look like it's breaking down to you, Joel, Shopify? Maybe it, maybe the story just gets hot again. I mean, it seems like every time Shopify looks like it wants to break down, it just gets hot again and goes right back up. And maybe that's going to be the case here too. I mean, 900 is a huge level. But if Shopify is to breach 900, if, not saying when, I'm saying if, I, I think it could be at 800 in a hurry. So I'm, I'm watching these almost as, you know, seller of the bounces in tech and buying the weakness of some of these reopening plays unless the death rate starts to climb and then that trade will completely reverse. So that's the wild card, I think. You know but what I like? So you many news on vaccines coming. Everything, you know, there's been some positive headlines for some of these potential reopening plays. Um, I don't think you have to guess on this Shopify. I love your 900 level. Uh, to, uh, you had a low at 901.74. Uh, but <clears throat> basically, you've had a 175 point break, right? So 85, right? Call it uh, 175 divided by two. Let's call it 85, right? You get back up to nine. 985, 985, 990, even 1,000. You take back over half of that move, you go back to new highs. If you go up to that 50% retracement, you hang for three or four days and you don't bust through, you know, then you have an identifiable short. Like I wouldn't want to short it down here, but if, I, if it at least got back 50% and I could short in that area and I could give a stop, I wouldn't give it all the way to the high, then it'd be, okay, I lost money because I went against a strong stock that had a, re, had a big move, had a pullback. And then you got to just see a couple days of consolidation. This stock will give you consolidation. Look at this. After your move up here, consolidation. Another big move up, consolidation. 
consolidation at the top, come down. So let's see next three, four days. Let's recheck on this one on like next Tuesday, next Wednesday. Let's see if it got back to the 50%. Let's see if it's holding. I don't know where, if the analysts can move these things at all, but um, you know. They can. Yeah, and that's the yeah. one thing. That's what's driven Tesla for the last, you know, for a long time is the, the, the catch up on the price targets. You know, they got to raise to catch up and it continues to drive when the analysts are all on the wrong side of the trade. So, I mean, that's why stocks, you know, start getting momentum. They continue the momentum. It's a lot of times because the analyst community has to play catch up by chasing the price and they raise the price targets and they upgrade and they were wrong and they're trying to figure it out. So, you know, they're just chasing price around so they don't look dumb. It's it's hard to call and say, but I feel like they all had the blow off top. I feel like Shopify, the blow off top on July the 13th, all the same day. Tesla, blow off top, July the 13th. I mean, you know, and it's in hindsight, it's 2020, obviously, 1794. It's, it's significantly down from there. Apple had the blow off top. These all had the blow off top the day after Joel was, the, the day after Joel was gone. <laughs> so Joel left on Friday, and they all had the blow off tops on Monday. And they've all kind of shown weakness since. Like if I was in Apple, I would think about ringing the register um, just from a technical basis because Apple's held on, failed to make a new high two days ago. I think Apple's chart is looking a little bit tired. It's ran so far. It's been too easy for the bulls. So the trend is still your friend. If you're hugging that trend line, you can still buy these stocks. And maybe that's just going to be the case again. But if they start to get hot for the reopening trade, that money will move out of tech and move into some of these other IWM plays as well. So don't be surprised if you see some rotation, continued rotation into some of the What does Apple have earnings? Good question. Always because very important. You to do know. not want to fight that that I'll pre earnings run. There and that's common. I'll tell you. I feel like it's like within a week. It is the thirtieth after the close. Uh so that's in two weeks. Two eight, weeks. And uh, typically reported like And that's a consideration too. Are they gonna start slamming them on good earnings? I mean they slammed Netflix on an okay report. But it had a run, but it hadn't run up that much. I mean, it actually got hit before it. I mean, Netflix on when it had the blow off top, when they all had the blow off top on July thirteenth, got up to five seventy five. Now it's four eighty seven, it's hundred points below there. So when everybody had to be in tech stocks, growth at any cost, you know, that's what happened. That's the the imbalances all just flipped to sell. So if you wonder why the S and P's <laughs> just leaked five points, the entire imbalances that were all buys across the boards just flipped to sell. So um, always something to keep in consideration on this day. We know that the imbalances are not stable. Hey, Dennis, talk about how you will follow those imbalances, uh, but not necessarily on options expiration days or quad Well, and I do follow them. you got to follow them on option expiration days too, even especially because they they move around. But you just got to know that they're more volatile. So if I see, you know, there's 100,000 shares to buy in something 10 minutes before the open, I'm fairly confident the stock is going to open higher. On option expiration is not the case. It can be 100,000 shares one second before the open, and it can flip at the last second because there's huge players out there jockeying the stocks against their open options positions, and you'll see um, you know, big institutional order flow coming in on this day at the open and especially on the close as well. So options expiration, third Friday of the month. We're not talking weeklies. We're talking monthlies. Third Friday of the month. You can always expect more volatility at the open and the close as their big institutional money really pushing price around. I had a question. I want to go to my Twitter if I, if we, if I got a second here because I had a good question. I just want to take the second to field this uh, from Mike. And he said I could share the question. He messaged me with it, but uh, my friend Mike there, 
he uh, messaged me with this question here this morning. And he said, um, would you mind give us uh, some of your uh, insight, on how, insight on how to follow the money going from sector to sector? So we talk about rotation. We talk about Good that question. all the time. But then he jumps into, like, for example, what is the big smart money buying and selling and what, you know, what are they doing? I really want to know how, you know, the big opponents participate and, um, and, and how those participants act. Um, so there's multiple questions here. Uh, one, I would say, and this can be uh, a promo, a little promo for Benzinga Pro. Um, one thing that I always track for big money is I look at insider buys. Um, so you can go into your pro. If you want to bring up your pro sponsor, we can take a minute here just to promote the pro. Just some, because we have a lot of pro users out here and they might not know how to do this. So when you go to sources, make sure you hit SEC. So under your sources and your pro, you hit SEC. And that's going to get you your Edgar filings for your insiders coming in, your insider buys and sells. As they hit the SEC filings, they pop into your pro and they populate into your pro. So you'll see, you know, when there's a big insider buy. A big insider buy on a stock that, you know, maybe is in the gutter is a vote of confidence. And then a lot of people follow that. And you'll see sometimes stocks move 5%, 10%. You know, not all the time, but, you know, on some of these smaller names that have been in the gutter, all of a sudden they get a big insider buy. It can really move price. So, um, you know, some days there's not very many insider buys at all. I've been saying for a while, it seems like in this market there hasn't been a lot of insider buys. There's been a lot more insider sells. There's always more insider sells than buys for the simple reason is that insiders sell for multiple reasons. They sell because I want to buy a house. I want to buy a Hey, Dennis, can I I've interrupt you for a second? Yep. I, th I think that you might be mi missing the point of the question. No, no, no. I said it's two questions. Oh, so okay. he's, okay. I've, I've got two. So I'm going to get into the rotation part of it too. Well, also, I think when they talk in rotation, like some days you're like, oh, value, value. They're going into yeah. value. Is that just by, is that what you're going to what I, that? And he's, I'm sure Mike is talking, Mike, if you're there, you can just, I'm sure he's talking about that as well. So I saw two okay. questions, but you know, he's asking, how do I swallow the big smart money? The direct way to follow the big smart money is to follow the SEC filings. That is the direct way to follow the big smart money because the big smart money is the insiders that are actually in the know on their own company. So, um, so yeah, so that's why I want to address both sides. I want to address this from, because I think this is valuable information that people don't look at. They don't use it enough. And you, I've seen, you know, instances where a big buyer comes in a big insider buy and it can really move the price. But like I said, the insider sells, don't be spooked. If you have a big insider sell, you see Zuckerberg sell a big chunk of Facebook. Zuckerberg's always selling a big chunk of Facebook because Zuckerberg owns so much Facebook. First, you know, it used to be like Microsoft. Bill Gates used to sell, I think it was 80, what was it? 80,000 yep. shares of Microsoft a day or something, you know, because he just had so much Microsoft. Like you're talking like a millions of dollars worth of Microsoft every single day just to get diversified out because he had so much of his wealth. And he wanted to do other things. And this was later in his life, you know, when he was starting to not going to be as big a part of the company. And he was selling so much. So if you were just following insider buys on Microsoft, you've been selling Microsoft every single day because Bill Gates was selling almost every single day. That's not the case, though. Um, the, the, like I said, they sell for multiple reasons. Sometimes they're selling because they don't like their st stock. With Tilray, CEO sold another big chunk last night. I mean, I read that like, nah, he might not be a huge believer here. Maybe he just wants to raise some money. He's always just selling stock. But um, there's also other reasons too, but you know that, but what I'm saying is I don't follow the insider sells as much. They don't give you as much meaning because they don't know why they sold. Kramer said this perfectly on mad money. I heard him say it once. There's only one reason insiders buy their stock 
And that's because they want to make money on their stock. That's the only reason. So when you see the insider buys, that's always good. You can show the Tilray sell if you want from last night. It was a pretty significant one just yep, to show how to do it. So, so that's how you use the pro to look at insider buys and sells. So that's one way to small, follow the smart money because nobody's smarter than the people who are running the company. So at least on their own, as a, you know, getting a feel to where their own stock price is going. Now, the second part of that question was Joel was taking, and maybe we can let Joel take over this part because I've been talking for a long time, is the rotation that we talk about on this show all the time. Identifying where is the big money rotating to? Like, you know, on the, on the July 13th blow off top, the big money started rolling out of tech. And they started rolling into, um, you saw, you know, like stocks like Caterpillar. Look at what Caterpillar has done since July 13th straight up so they started flowing into some like in some you know construction companies like you know deer same story been straight up it's not a coincidence that tests are straight down and cues are straight down and these are straight up that is rotation speaking to you in the charts so you can look at the charts and you can look at that same way too how do you follow the rotation joel no i'm just i do it more like uh you know if the market's getting nervous a lot you know they're hitting the tech stocks but on a, a day like that you don't you're not necessarily hitting procter and gamble you're not hitting at&t you're yeah. not hitting your high dividend stock so a lot of times if you know the big money is you know anticipating you know a flat period or you know a down period hey they're in these more conservative stocks because they got a dividend or they, they got a yield, they got something to lean on. Whereas when, you know, when it's, uh, you know, risk on, you know, they're buying the Netflix and the Teslas and all the high flyers and they don't want to miss out on something. So I think I use it more like on a daily basis, like, okay, you know, just be, you know, when the market's in the gutter, that doesn't mean that everything is going to be sold. Your value stocks, your, you know, other kind of utilities, things like there may show a little bit more strength. Um, you know, also with, I mean, interest rates used to be a little bit, you know, more of an impact on the market. Uh, but now interest rates are flat, flat to down. You know, I don't really look at the banks that much anymore for leadership in the market. Yeah, they have earnings and everything, but I think it's pretty well established that, you know, the banks are just kind of in a holding pattern. So if you want to own them for the dividend, then you own them for the dividend. And if they're in a trading range, trade them in a trading range. So that, that's the- I group them in a value. So when yeah. the value trade comes on, Weak you banks get hot. So uh, obviously look at JP Morgan's chart since July the 13th. You can clearly see this rotation. It's straight up since July 13th. Bank America, it's and obviously they even had earnings. I mean, and it's still, so I guess it's a bad example because I had earnings, so there's company impacts. You gotta kind of take that away and you just gotta look at um, obviously, you know, the stocks that, you know, don't have specific company news because that's going to affect their price. But on a pure rotation basis, this has been value versus growth for a long time. And when the money starts rolling out of growth, it rolls into the value. The money doesn't roll out of the growth and go to cash. It hasn't been doing that since March. March was a sell everything. You know, they were just selling everything. But since April, we have rotated from growth to value. COVID, not, you know, reopening play, lockdown plays. The money has just been rotating. So if you can identify the leaders and identify that rotation early, you can make some money. It's why Amazon, Amazon was the reason. Amazon and Tesla were the reasons that I started lighting up some of my tech stocks when, you know, and, and we talked about that because Amazon started rolling over and then Tesla started rolling over. And, you know, it's why I even had that short trade on Tesla. Remember I, ma I made on that side is because Amazon started rolling over and Amazon actually led that Tesla sell off, I believe that day. 
So, you know, which is funny, but it can. I mean, you see, you lose Amazon, which is going up 100 points every day. It, it got overextended. Now, is the Amazon story over? No, but it's cooled off. Would I be buying Amazon uh, on a pullback? Maybe. I already own it. I still own it in my long-term account, so maybe I would. Um, and maybe some of these stocks are buys on the pullbacks, you know, anticipating that the rotation is going to go back the other way. I don't know if it's going to go right back. I don't know if it needs to cool off more. I tell you, down to 2,500, I'd be backing up the truck and buying more Amazon. At 3,000, it's still, you know, it, 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 the trend's your friend. It's still up. So I, it, it, there's an argument here to come in here and buy Amazon right now. If you're buying it, you're probably going to be happy for two years from now because it seems like Amazon always goes up. And maybe it's not always going to do everything, but it has for the last, you know, decade so following the money is all about that rotation identifying your leaders first so like apple you know amazon if there's a big tech name netflix is your leader today although for whatever reason you know if you're using netflix it may be because it's rallied significantly from the lows it's not bringing down the rest of the tech sector normally if you see netflix down 35 bucks it's going to bring down all those growth names as well so that's not the case today though and maybe it's because Netflix is stabilized and buy the dippers have already emerged there. They've emerged and everything. So lots of things to think about. All right. Uh, so we got four minutes left. I do. I did prepare a very quick uh, trivia segment. And then after that, Joel and I are going to hang out and take some trivia. Trip. It's been a long time. So Joel, I know. Joel and I are going to hang out. after. I suck trip. at this. We'll take some more tickers, but for, I just want to do a couple questions because I knew we didn't, didn't have a guest and I just wanted to, uh, we haven't done trivia for a while. So I'm not okay. going to play the hot potato song because uh, because so anyway, uh, first question. This is going to be to Joel. Joel, yesterday, that's not yesterday. Wednesday, Wednesday was the 14th birthday of this social media platform. Yesterday, was Wednesday was the 14th birthday of this social media platform. Wow. I mean, I'm uh, gonna go. You, you go. Well, let, let me. No, I oh, mean, there's only like uh, three of them. Yeah, there's not many. Yeah, but I mean, Facebook, uh, Twitter. But I mean, they they haven't been around that long, right? Um, uh, I know what it is. I know it. Uh, let me. Um, I, I'm pretty well, sure. MySpace. Let him, let him go. That MySpace. That is MySpace. You went off the board, wrong. It's Facebook. You are also wrong as a matter of fact. Oh, it's Twitter? Yeah. It, it was Twitter. Mm. Oh, I knew it was Facebook or Twitter. It was like yeah. a A or well, B. I was going old. How do you go MySpace? Okay. Uh, Dennis. <laughs> Does that still exist? Dennis, to you. I got an account. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> uh, Dennis, yesterday was actually the uh, 25th birthday of this of this website. It is one of the most popular websites and most popular stocks in the world. 25. So we're going back to 1995. Yep. And it's a popular website. Are you and trying popular, to? It is one of the biggest uh, websites and biggest stocks in the world. That, that, I that think was, this is pretty. Easy. That was a really big clue. <laughs> well, I'd say Amazon, but that is correct. Good job. Ah, you were trying to fool yeah. me with a website. Well, that's what it is. Popular website, but it's uh, everybody. Yeah, it's yeah, popular, website. but it's not like popular. Like I'm going there to have fun. I'm going there to buy stuff. Yeah. All right. Uh, I, I got a, just a couple more. This is a short, short, short one. Uh, today, uh, actually on this day, 1998, Broadcast.com had their IPO. That made a billionaire of this man. Mark Cuban. Okay. That was, he was all over that one. We both were, were all, all over, that, over one. that one. All right. Yeah. This is the last one. This is to Dennis. Yeah. Um, Jan, uh, July 18th, which is tomorrow, uh, 1968. Uh, this uh, chip company, or computer chip company, was founded. 
with a two and a half million in capital. In 1968. Yeah, this company kind of pioneered the, the computer chip. How? Oh, wow. Oh, man. Do you know it, Joel? Texas it, Instruments. That was a really good guess, but that is unfortunately not. It's, um, is it still is it still around? Yep, still around. Still still a player. Still a oh, player. man. And it's like a $11, $12 stock. That's <laughs> uh, <laughs> the price when he doesn't know the name it's, of the company. It's, it's a huge player. <laughs> uh, it's not a $12. It's not a $12 stock? They're still huge in the space. Um, He's good with numbers. Yeah. Oh, man. But if I get what? your stock price, would it help? I don't Maybe. Yeah, what's the price? Fifteen to fifty-nine dollars. Fifty-nine dollars, man. Hand. What What does it start with? No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, cheating. Yes, have an edge. You know, Joey always has an edge on. Well, I mean, IBM's been around longer than that, right? Oh yeah, IBM's yeah. way older. Yeah, <laughs> IBM's. <clears throat> it's some. Oh man. I, da, I can... All right. Da, 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 Burrows. I'm calling it. No, Dennis. Do you know? No, I already said. I already. Oh, I guess give, I give me, give me the first letter. I. Intel. That's correct. Intel. Intel's been around since '68. That's oh, what they say. Macro. All right, nine o'clock. Uh, Dennis, any final thoughts? And then uh, Joel and I are, are going to hang out and take a few tickers here. Volatility is the name of the game here at the Open. They were all buying bounces. Now they're all selling bounces. S and P's are trading accordingly. They're coming off. They could all flip to buy again before nine thirty. Who the hell knows? But expect volatility on the Open. Hey, if you want to get in or out of a stock, throw your price out there, you might get done. All right. Me for your final market thoughts here. I mean, you just got a you just got a ton of support here. And I mean, I know I put a little, you know, go a little bit uh short term for you. Uh, but you just you just can't argue with this uh this thirty this thirty nine ninety level. I mean, it is let me get the correct chart up here for you on the S and P's. Uh, you had a daily low yesterday at 3188.50. I mean, little small bars there. 3192 was the previous day's low. You had interday lows also. So, I mean, that's a long ways away, but I don't see any downside until we've reached 3190. Um, on the upside, if we do, do take it to the pre market high, I would use it with a, a, a tight long stop, hoping to sell it closer to 3230. But just the way, you know, it just seems like you kind of have like a seesaw, two-way market, not a big move on a Friday in the summer. Maybe I should have stayed on vacation. All right. Uh, Dennis is going to dip out, and Joel and I are going to hang out for a few minutes and take some tickers in our chat. I want to start with one that I saw in the Benzing Approach chat earlier. Let's look at Roku. Roku. Okay. Um, you know, maybe to start helping me out here, like people just say, hey, let's take a look at Roku. I mean, I'd kind of like to know, are you long? Are you short? Uh, you know, long-term, short-term, day trade? Uh, because if I just pull up this daily here, or the 15-minute, man, 150 to 155. I mean, that just seems to be a trading range. You're right in the middle. I think what I'll do is I'll start just going with the dailies here. And doesn't look as as much i don't know i'd be worried about that top right there 
I'd be worried about that top that you had a few days ago at 166.18. You had to break down to 142, 52.64, 24-point move. This thing needs to hold 155, 155 and a half, maybe even that close of 154.21. Right, I look for it to get back uh, some of those gains. A lot of people got caught long on that spike up to 166.18. All right, someone asking us about J.B. Hunt. We did not discuss them, but they had earnings after the close yesterday. They, the expectations were low, and they, they, uh, they beat the bar. They beat the estimates on their EPS and their sales for last quarter. Low bar yeah. that they cleared. Trucking all that food around to the grocery stores, right? I mean, well, I mean, volumes declined precipitously, as you would, you would have expected. But, yeah, food. Is the one and I mean, you're not, you're probably not getting as much, uh, you know, ergo uh, air travel. I don't know. So people right. are, are truck using trucks, uh, all time high for this stock. Just kind of snuck up there. Kind of a theater one pre-market trading. You're up at one thirty-eight ninety-six. Uh, and if it doesn't get to one thirty-eight ninety-six here in a jiffy, I think you might just roll over. In order to fill a gap, I mean, really, the only thing I can do at this one is maybe try along at 132.55, 133. That fills the gap uh, from yesterday's trading. Or conversely, if you're going to short it here, maybe look at to come into that area. But that, that's a big jump. It's had a big move from 120. I just don't know how enthusiastic people, buyers are going to come in. They all, hey, 138, 139. I got owners at 140. It's going to 150. So that's my look at JBHT. Uh, lower priced uh, name here, FRSX. This person is long. Uh, wants to know your thoughts on FRSX. Oh, man. Foresight Autonomous Holdings Limited. Sounds like it does autonomous <laughs> vehicles, but I don't know anything about this company. Uh, let's see here. You're trading up 24 cents at 180. Let me, this, these are tough ones. Let me see if it's just, is there any news on it too, Spencer? Cause oh, that helped me out. No, and I did not look. Um, um, yes, there actually is news this morning. They are initiating a pilot project for uh, COVID-19 symptom, a, a symptom detection solution. Oh, okay. Uh, you got that pop over $2, you know, initially. So it actually, you got to 207. So what that tells me is, is someone wants to load some stock above $2. It got above $2 and oh my Lord, big volume trading in this one. Holy mackerel. A million, over a million, million three trading on that bracket. So a lot of good news on this one. I, you want to see it get up over two, hold two, take out that 207 and just keep on going. You got a little bit of a fade going with uh, looking at the levels from yesterday. Uh, you are gapping up. So 160 would be an area, uh, you know, to fill the gap. But right now you have pre-market traders bidding this at 175. So 175 to two bucks, uh, that could be the range in FRXX. If to really get excited about this though and say, hey, I'm holding this thing, this is a COVID vaccine play, you should be trading over $2 and you should just take out that 207 high and not look back. So there's a look at that stock for you. Uh, this is a general question, but it, it, it can apply to a ticker uh, from Team Flow here. They're asking uh, about 
Uh, when stocks have big volume days, but they don't make any real moves. So he was referring to uh, G- Genius Brands, GNUS, which had a couple of big volume days, but the price didn't really move too much with it like in the, in the last week. Uh, and he, he, he was asking um, essentially why that happens, if that's because of, of shorts uh, covering or for whatever reason, or, or if you have any inside jewels to yeah, sometimes um, stocks can have huge volume days, but they don't really move that much. Because there's a lot of people making money when it doesn't move. And what I mean by that is that there's order flow in there. They're getting in between the pennies and they're making micro pennies on, you know, 10, 15,000, 20,000 shares, maybe seeing some good retail order flow. Uh, Maybe they got a huge, you know, one particular uh, uh, trading desk may have a huge seller at 230. You know, I know it was at 244 yesterday, but I'm just looking at yesterday's action on another, you know, institutions or could be saying, Hey, you know, I want to own this thing between 215 and 220. I don't want to pay 221 or 222. So you got some big orders there. Um, I doubt that there's any kind of arbitrage opportunities uh, going in this. So um, yeah, just big orders. And I mean, there was a point where, you know, Citigroup, when it was less than a $5 stock, I mean, that would trade hundreds of million shares. It wouldn't have that big of a range. And the reason where, was because people were making money, you know, trading the order flow. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Jess is long UPS. I want to get your thoughts on UPS here. UPS. Ooh, ooh. Trading up again here. I don't know if there's anything here in the book at 120. It gapped up, gap and go. I like, I mean, just 120. I, I see a high there. I see 119.89 high. And then I see another high at 121.32. I guess for this thing, just to continue on its merry way, just get above 120 here. It, it got over 120 a few times in November and kind of fell off. It gave back over 120 or close to 120 in December, backed off. So you're, you're returning to the scene of the crime here. So if this stock just has another 120 to 125 moving it, then it's going gonna, it's gonna to show some metal today. It's going to take out yesterday's high. It's going to close above 120. It's going to keep on going. I don't have uh, the open book, but I would see, I mean, after this kind of extended run and then the institutional accumulation that you had under 115, could be some, this is something that, you know, if there's, if there's 75,000 or 100,000 at 120, it's going to take, uh, take, you know, some stock to move out. Volume is uh, volume is consistent. It was real big on that up day from 115.33 to 119.21. You had a good volume day. Did they have earnings or that was just a good uh, market day or upgrade or what was it? I, I was the date again. Uh, no. Um, yeah, two days ago. So no, that would be no. that would be Wednesday. Nothing. No. Uh, and also, I think the best thing you can hope for this, you know, after I think that's a big. They had, a, they had a Raymond James price target raise, is what they. Okay. Had. All right. Well, you know, maybe it doesn't necessarily have to go straight up today, but best thing maybe a hang out here, you know, one eighteen to one twenty one for three or four days. You look for a little bit of consolidation, 
and then boom, move higher here. But uh, I don't know, just that big move from 115 to 120. It did go from 110 to 115, and look at the pullback that it had. So 120, that's my important level in EPS. And I just want to look at uh, FDX because I know had that earnings wait, of that wait, 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 earnings uh, bump uh, yeah. consolidation. Wait, yep. no, 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 I, I I took your charts away, so grab your charts. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. okay. Next stock. Well, I okay. Um, let's do one more. Let's do one more. All right, let's, do, let's look at RCL. The cruise liners are all weak this morning. I mentioned it at the top of the show, the CDC. Yeah. Not, not the CDC. The U.S. extended uh, the ban on cruise ship sailing in U.S. waters through at least until the end of September. So, uh, plus, Oof. Norwegian had their announced their pricing of their offering this morning. But that's going to that's gonna weigh on, on the entire sector here. So, RCL and Norwegian Carnival are all down on that news. Tough stocks to own, yep. you know, and even with this, uh, this good news that you had, uh, this is offsetting the good news. When did it have like it? Let me go to the date. Oh, I got to take my chart back here. Did it have like an eight buck update or something earlier? I thought I saw. Very good. Yeah, man. Those moves just sometimes are not sustainable. So let me just look at it um, in the context of that daily move. Uh, fifty three ninety four. I mean, fifty one thirty five. If this is really the bad news that everyone thinks it is, then you get down to fifty one thirty five, and then look out under that, Loretta. From there's a gap from forty eight seventy two to fifty one thirty five. So first downside target here fifty one thirty five. After that, you got a gap at just under forty nine. Uh, if the streak just wants to kind of shrug this off and say, hey, you know, we kind of expected it, you know, no big deal, then I look for that uh, 51.35 to hold. All right. That will be a wrap for uh, our show this morning. Uh, Joel, you're free to do an afternoon show with me, right? Yes, I will be. Right. Yep. I'll be back in the groove here. And uh, awesome. Uh, that's it. We'll be back at uh, 340. Yep. We'll be covering more tickers. And I want to make a quick announcement. I teased it earlier in the week, but we did confirm the CFO of Workhorse, Steve Schrader, is uh, joining us on Tuesday at uh, 835. So that'll be our, our Tuesday guest, uh, the CFO of Workhorse. Get your financial questions prepared for that. Um, thank to everyone in our chat today, all three of them. We love their participation, as always, uh, on Benzinga Pro, on uh, Benzinga.com slash premarket-prep, and on YouTube. Uh, please hit that like button. We appreciate it very much. I just saw a couple more likes go through. Thank you very much. You can also subscribe to our channel by clicking on that little button on the bottom right-hand side of the video. Uh, what else did I want to say? You can always email us any questions, comments, concerns, feedback, good or bad. We appreciate it. Premarket at Benzinga. Dot com is our email benzinga pro that's what's behind me by the way i feel like someone didn't know that but this is a a uh, a live um uh, picture of ben of the benzinga pro movers widget this is just stocks that are moving in the pre-market that i use here so um uh that's what that looks like you can get a free trial by going to the link in the description of this video and that's what i got please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes and not for investing or trading advice everyone have a great rest of your friday we'll see you in the p.m <laughs>